You're listening to Songbirding Under 5 Kilohertz, a modified version of the Songbirding podcast for listeners with high-frequency hearing loss. This is part of a short series of virtual tours of locations of breeding songbirds in Hamilton, Ontario. To reach McMaster Forest, you take uh, Main Street, Hamilton, towards uh, Wilson Street in Ancaster. Or if you're coming from Ancaster direction, you take Wilson Street down the escarpment. You then take Lower Lions Club Road, and just down the initial hill is a parking area on the right. This is a fairly large property owned by McMaster University and is a research space for the biology department. It is also managed by a natural lands committee at McMaster. There are trails and they're in the process of being marked. They're not fully marked yet. And there's a bluebird trail here as well too. So several bluebird boxes where you will find tree swallows and some eastern bluebirds. A little bit about the front of the property. This space, uh, if you were here about six or seven years ago, you wouldn't be able to see in from the parking lot. It was loaded full of buckthorn, the European variety of buckthorn, the invasive kind. And that has since been culled. Prairie has been seeded, burned, etc. to encourage uh, the regeneration of a tall grass prairie. With my original plan of the OFO trip, this would have been the meeting place because early in the morning it is quite full of song here. So a good example of good songbird breeding habitat. The space has a lot of field sparrows, so you will get to know the species if you're here, especially in the morning when they're singing quite heavily. Please be aware that, like most places, there are ticks around. There's not as many as there used to be at McMaster Forest. A couple of years ago, there was a uh, prescribed burn for the tall grass prairie in the front. And since then, the tick numbers have been down significantly. But they still are here. So be aware of that. Here is a field sparrow. They are a small brown bird with a kind of orangish pinkish bill. Uh, Very buffy colored in general, not as streaky as something like a song sparrow. They are highly abundant and they are ground nesters at this time of year. Although as the year progresses, they will begin to nest in small shrubs. There are a lot of pairs here. I don't know how many, but quite a bit. I have not yet not yet find, found any other sites with as many field sparrows as this location. The Hamilton Naturalist Club helps maintain the Bluebird Trail here. We have had so far this year two nesting pairs. There is, uh, as of this recording, one nesting pair that is active um, early in the year. 
the two pairs got an early start, did pretty well, but then when the snow hit in uh, early May, that lack of food for them being insectivores uh, led to the failure of both broods. As of this recording, the active nesting attempt is at the furthest back set of nesting boxes for Eastern Bluebird. However, every site that has paired boxes um, has tree swallow nests right now. Pairing is done to uh, prevent conflict over boxes between tree swallow and Eastern Bluebird. They will not tolerate their own species that close to uh, a nesting attempt, but uh, will tolerate the other species. So you will at maximum only ever find one pair of tree swallows or one pair of bluebirds at any of these paired boxes. And so any site that has uh, tree swallows but no bluebirds will have likely an empty box uh, next to them. They're placed as far from the edge of the forest as possible to prevent nesting of house wren, which uh, they can predate the, uh, the nests of tree swallows and eastern bluebirds. When they uh, go to build a nest, sometimes they will just destroy someone else's, so we keep them um, as far away from uh, the trees as possible. Here's the Drink Your Tea song of the Eastern Tohi. These can be found in the wet meadow, which is the lower section at the front half of McMaster Forest. It would be found on your left heading in before you reach uh, the forested section. At the entrance of McMaster Forest, there are two potential trails you could take. One on the left, one on the right, the west side or the east side. The east side one follows a forest ravine edge all the way into a older section of uh, succession, uh, some succession habitat and then old growth forest in the further back area. Uh, along there you will find red belly woodpecker frequently and uh, other woodpecker species. Whereas uh, if you don't completely follow the ravine edge but wander into the trails that cross the prairie uh, to the lower wet meadow you may find blue-winged warbler, yellow warbler, indigo bunting, those kinds of species, and in the prairie itself quite a few field sparrows and they will be nesting. There's also quite a few song sparrows all over the place on the property. As I'm recording right now I'm seeing two of them um, actually bringing nesting materials to the middle of the prairie. In any of the forested sections you will find uh, red-eyed vireos. You might find scarlet tanager. They're fairly abundant here.
and cedar wax wings are just about anywhere on the property. Also, I'm looking right now at a ruby-throated hummingbird, of which there's usually two or three locations they nest here. If you look to trees with dead sections on them, uh, especially ones that have other sections that are live, uh, look there for the hummingbirds. They like to perch in spots where there are no leaves obstructing their views, especially high up. Um, there are sections between the lower wet meadow and the front prairie that you can look at dead twigs and possibly see them. Um, and there are parts at the further back that divide the succession habitat where the trees are beginning to grow into the field and the old old growth forest where you can also look there for the hummingbirds perched. So the dissonant song is the scarlet tanager. That right there. There's also quite a few. There's indigo bunting and uh, American goldfinch here as well. And a black burning warbler is also singing, but that's likely a migrant. Here's an indigo bunting and a scarlet tanager. and a hairy woodpecker. It's the hairy woodpecker again. You'll find indigo bunting in the sections where a field is becoming forest, where is sparsely growing trees such as walnuts, and uh, and ash trees, which are unfortunately dying from the emerald ash borer infestation. You also find blue wing warblers in these kinds of sections. They are not one that sing as often as indigo bunting, but can be found with enough patience. Here's one here. The bee buzz song. Throughout the property, you may find Baltimore Orioles as well, uh, House Wren, Carolina Wren are also quite common here. They're easier to pick out uh, in the off seasons because they keep singing all year round. Every common woodpecker species in the region is present here. That means no red-headed woodpeckers, no yellow-bellied sapsuckers, but all the rest of course, the Pileated woodpeckers least common in here, so they have such a huge territory to cover. Finding them uh, could take time, but they are present. Red-bellied woodpeckers, one of the most common here. They do very well because of the 
old growth section with lots of large cavities in the trees. And because of those cavities, things like uh, great crested flycatcher do very well. And uh, there are likely there are screech owls around. Hard to find though because there are just so many holes from the choose from. And some wood ducks once in a while as well. And of course there are blue jays, as there is just about anywhere. When you reach what I would call the far back of the property, you'll notice that this part of the forest has a huge canopy. This is an old growth section. And features some very old trees and interesting trees. So you may want to spend some time there taking a look. Of note, there are a couple really huge tulip trees back here, quite a few hemlock, and uh, a couple of very old maples, and some old oaks. You might find wood thrush back here, which uh, they have a couple sets of territories. I'm hearing a couple singing right now. Here's the wood thrush. There's about three different locations on the site you can find them at. Possibly more. All in all, there are over 70 species that have been probable or confirmed breeding on this property over the last few years. Not all songbirds, of course, but quite a few of them. There's a red-bellied woodpecker. If you're here on a hot day, you'll find the back part of the property probably the most enjoyable due to the high canopy. Um, lots of shade. And because uh, the old growth section has trees spread well apart, uh, there's a bit of airflow. And if you come in the early morning, quite a bit of birdsong.
Other things you may find in here are butterflies, quite a few different butterfly species here. Uh, later in the season, quite a few dragonfly species and damselflies. Uh, if you head especially down to some of the creeks, you'll find those kinds of things. Uh, quite a few interesting wildflower species here too, both native and non-native invasive. And at the front, especially uh, depending on the year, you may find quite a few tallgrass prairie species blooming in June, July, August, where quite a few insect species of interest might be found, especially in a hot, warm, sunny day. I know I take a lot of photos there for various insect species in the middle of the heat. It can be a lot like a butterfly garden type situation. If you have any questions or feedback, you can email songbirdingpod at gmail.com. My name is Rob. I'm the host and creator of the Songbirding Podcast and this little experiment. I'm outgoing field events director with the Hamilton Naturalist Club. This is a bit of an experiment of virtual tours uh, in lieu of field events. So thank you for listening.